Well, that, uh, like we've said multiple times, that, you know, this is uh, something that we, we find ourselves doing. We go through life, we get the bumps, the scrapes, the, the junk, the baggage, and sometimes instead of just straight up dealing with it, we're like, well, you know what? It's going to be a little more comfortable to just kind of drag it along, and we'll just tote it with us for a little bit, and at some point, we're going to deal with it. Well, guess what? This is time to deal with it. And so um, there will be other times in your life that it's time to deal with the baggage, and that is what we're doing. Um, we've looked at a number of different things. Um, we've looked at, uh, last week, we looked at dealing with our pain, at that place of our deepest hurt. And um, so that's, uh, uh, that's just vital that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, and, and that is just one of the most beautiful pieces of the restorative work that Jesus does in our lives. But this week, we want to look at something that's maybe a, a little different. And we're, this week, we're just talking about breaking free. And we want to look at just getting free from just these, what I'm just going to refer to them as just these false limitations just these things that we kind of saddle ourselves with, that we have some sort of built-in kind of glass ceiling, that, you know, we live in the land of opportunity, but not all opportunities are mine because I'm not gifted, I'm not this, this happened to me, this is my background, this is this, is, and all of these limitations come in here. And that when we're new in Christ, I'm telling you, God can use and will use us in all sorts of ways. God Scripture specifically says that he loves to use the, the simple to, to, to just blow the minds of the wise. That God loves to use the weak to let the strong see that God is even stronger than them. That they need to rely and look to him. So it is this place, sometimes we get real excited about giving God our whole lives and we want to give him our strengths. Say, God, I'm pretty talented at ping pong. God, you know, I'm a pretty awesome ping pong player. And yeah, I just want to use my ping pong for your glory. And you know what? God could do that. You know, you know, if you're like world champion, you know, you can get a little platform and minister to ping pong players all over the world. Um, but sometimes we say, you know, but, you know, God, I'm really, I'm really terrible at speaking. I'm really bad at writing. I'm really bad at one-on-one -on -one communication. God, I just freak out around kids. Kids just give me the willies. They just freak me out. And, um, you know, and, and so God, I, you know, don't, don't, don't make me talk. Don't make me write. Don't make me deal with kids. Don't make me talk one-on-one -on -one with anybody, you know. Just let me do what I'm good at. And so what we're wanting to do here is we're wanting to just bust that mess off of us, okay? And let's let God use us the way God wants to use us. Because honestly, when he begins, when he begins... To move in our weaknesses. Sometimes that, that is where he gets the greatest, greatest glory. Because everybody knows. And it ain't you. It ain't just because you're so good. And uh, so that, let's just crack open your notes. Bust open your version. And let's just get into the middle. We've got some journeying to do. And uh, we've launched with this concept. That as we journey through life with Christ. And we allow the spirit to grow us from the inside out. Folks, that's the only growth that counts is what the Holy Spirit is doing on the inside of you. <clears throat> that we're going to have to let go of some baggage that's weighing us down. And this has been our, our, our just staked in the ground foundation scripture for this. Matthew 11, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
And so as we are, as we're moving in this, and we're allowing this stuff, then sometimes that uh, when we begin to 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 jump into the middle of this, we think, okay, God's going to move this one way, and it's going to work out this direction. And sometimes it works out a little. It works out a little, a little different. And so years and years ago, um, went to the Sand Hills with uh, uh, well, uh, Brandon Moore and my wife that uh, was not my wife yet, so I was just beginning to get to know her, and I uh, went out in West Texas and went out to the Sand Hills, and we were going to do some grilling, and we took some hot dogs, and we took some chili, and so, and we, we were traveling light, so we just took the can, because the can, you know, it's metal, and you can, you know, we just thought we'd just use that as the bowl, you know, and so we uh, opened up, the, got the fire going on the thing, and, and was cooking the, 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 cooking the, uh, the, the hot dogs and open the can of chili and put the can of chili on the on the on the heat anybody ever tried that have ever done that so you've experienced what i'm just about to talk about okay so there's a lot all the heat's at the bottom okay and you got that that gelatinous chili stuff that why we see it in that state and then ever consume it i don't know and so but we we've got that that stuff that whatever chili is and um so we we've got it there and we're getting it all nice and hot on the bottom so some man something's cooking on the inside and of course we've got the moisture and the gases and physics begins to work and those begin to expand and something's got to go somewhere well you know for some reason in my mind i saw it just kind of nicely all kind of getting melty and gooey and ready to spread around but that's not the way it worked we begin to have a like this piston, this chili column, this gelatinous chili thing begin to rise like a uh, little chili elevator, and it just started. It just started. It just started going up, and uh, because there, and it, and it starts coming out on top, and, and it's creating a creating a mess and creating these other issues we begin to deal with because the the right stuff was happening there. You know, as we begin to look at this, you know, I understood, and there was a lot of prayer going into last week's message. You know that you're like, you know, Pastor, I'm kind of numb in my area of pain. Just leave me alone, okay? Leave me alone. And I'm aware that as we begin to deal with some of this, we begin to cook this up on the inside, that some of the mess can kind of begin to come up on the surface, okay? And so that's why we need to be able to connect to each other and we begin to and really allow God to be able to work this process out because what God wants to do is to really get us to where he is trying to take us. He's not just there to frustrate us. So what we need to do is, is be aware and not be blindsided to say, wait a minute, God, I thought this whole dealer with my baggage thing was going to be a lot prettier and cleaner than this. I didn't realize it was going to do, run this direction. And as we run into this, okay, because anytime we start going into this place of weakness, okay, play, we don't have any confidence. We begin to exercise and allow God to say, God, I'm going to go, I'm going to let you move in a place that just intimidates me big time. All right? Um, then sometimes things don't initially play out as pretty as we hope they will, okay? And so we want to go into this thing wide-eyed and allow God to do full process in us, okay? Full work in us all the way out. And the first thing we're going to have to understand is that it's time to ditch the baggage of I can't. You know what? As a parent, I hate that phrase. 
You know, you tell your kid to do something. You know, when they were little, and you know, and clean your room. I can't clean my room. It's too messy. Well, you didn't have any problem making it that messy. Your little fingers picked up everything that was in there and put it there. I think your little fingers can pick up and put it back where it came from. And, um, but, you know, we just get intimidated by this thing of I can't. And a lot of times it's our early experiences that kind of build this thing into us. Um, <clears throat> I've never been to India or any places where they, you know, still have like use elephants as pack animals and that kind of stuff. But what I, from, from the reading and stuff that I've done, that you'll go and here's this, this massive, massive creature, okay, incredibly strong. And you'll see it tied to some little stake somebody just drove in the ground with a mallet, not like a, a big old tree or something like that. And there's just this regular old ordinary rope attached to its ankle. And the, the elephant just stays. You know, there could be something over there the elephant wants to go munch on. And it walks and it gets to the end of its rope and it feels that little tug on its rope. And it, hmm, all right. Guess I'm stuck here. The whole time it has full capacity to do it. Now, why on earth would this full-grown elephant be held back by this thing it could just bust loose anytime it wanted to? Well, the, the people there that deal with these and train these elephants know that if they get these big old strong chains and, and attach it to like a big old tree, when this elephant is small and not near as strong, and they attach it to its leg, and that elephant doesn't know any better, and boy, it wants to get free, and it pulls, 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 boom, 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 and it just blisters itself up and wears itself out, and it can't get free. And over a period of time, they're able to reduce the size of that, and it has never been able to bust free, and it finally gets it in its mind. I can't bust free. So if I feel that little pull, if I feel that little wall, oh, yeah, I can't do that. There's no reason to wear myself out and have that thing cut into me again I'm, I'm done here, okay? We have to be, get to this place that we're not going to allow our past failures in certain places, okay? As we're growing in Christ, you know, first off, we can go, you know what? If you're a new believer, man, you did, you have a, you did all that when you were dead in your trespasses. You didn't have the Spirit of God alive in you. Don't you define yourself by, by that when you're a new cre- creation in Christ? You're like, okay, pastor, you know, I understand that, you know. But I've been a believer for a little while. And I've hit my head on this a number of times in my life as a believer. I am a new creation, and I keep hitting my head on this. Well, guess what, folks? There's this thing of us growing and maturing. There is this thing of of us understanding and embracing the fullness of the freedom we really have in Christ. Okay? We can get to this place where, where in the past where we were trying to st- step in it and still do it in our own strength and maybe we weren't relying on the strength of the, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have to be willing to allow God to carry us into those places where we are the most intimidated. I have always, from childhood, and I've shared this with you all before, I just, I hate failure. I hate it, I hate it. I hate it. I despise it. And there's this thing that I have a fear of. A fear of failure would just, has just crippled me in my past. And even whenever I was little, man, my parents were sitting there and I was, you know, speaking. And I, and I had my first, spoke my first words at, at uh, nine months old. And so I was speaking pretty, pretty young and, and I was uh, um, talking and doing all this kind of stuff and would, uh, 
My parents would get me to say all sorts of things. And uh, I'd say I'm just fine. Well, they'd try to get me to say my name. And I was two years old at this point. And I still would not say my own name. And they'd point to this. What's that? Tree, tree. What's that? You know, you know, whatever. And they'd say, okay, now say, your, say Brandon. And I wouldn't say it. And it'd just irritate my dad. Why will he not say his name? Well, finally, when I finally said it, I said it wrong. I said, Brandon. And I just could not make those, I just could not make those sounds. But it was one of those things that my mom said she could tell. I knew that I wouldn't do it right. So I didn't want to do it at all. That haunted me all through my elementary school. I didn't, I've shared with you all that I'm not a natural superstar athlete. And so, you know what? I wouldn't do anything athletic. Why? Because I knew I couldn't excel at it. I knew it was going to fumble. I knew it was going to be awkward. I wasn't coordinated. And it it just wasn't going to work. So I wouldn't do it. It wasn't even until later in high school that I even began to try a few things because my friends just encouraged me just to do it. Clark, you're six foot two. Play some basketball. So I play some basketball. And I learned that I'm pretty good at fouling and faking it. And so, and uh, rebounding the ball and kicking it to the guys that can make the shots. I have a role to play, but I didn't learn that till, till later, in, uh, later in life. And, uh, and so, but that can come in and can seep in. And we want to bust loose of all that stuff. Because see, limits can creep in and become a part of our identity of how we permanently see ourselves. And we begin to feel increasingly hopeless. We become defensive. We become a slave and begin to lose our very life as these things begin to hold us in. Why? Why does this begin to choke us out? Because if God is stirring us up to something, then there is a sense on us that, that, that there's something bigger than what we're doing right now, but we get intimidated and won't step into it, and this spiritual frustration sets in that we'll either do one of two things. we either begin to tune out the Spirit, say, come, quit talking to me about that mess. I'm not good at it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going there. <clears throat> or we, do, or we, we, just, we, just, <clears throat> we just shut down completely. So what we want to do is let's look at, let's look at this, because we see a guy here in Judges, Gideon, who had to deal with this. <clears throat> the Lord comes to him, Gideon, the, the whole, all the tribes of Israel, are, they're in slavery, they're hiding in the hills. The Midianites have, have, have overrun them. And God is raising up a deliverer. And he talks to Gideon, and he taps Gideon's shoulders and tells Gideon he wants to use him. And let's, we catch up with it in Judges 6. It says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. I just love that. When God taps your shoulder, go in what you would got you got. Go in the strength you have. Well, God, I don't feel like I can do it. Go with what you got. I've got the rest. Man, I tell you what, that can that, that can be an exciting, intimidating, wonderful place to live when you really begin to trust God like that. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? That always comes down to it. Is, is, is God at work here? If he is, we have to be willing to trust him. But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in that weak pansy clan. God, I'm the weakest of the weak. Why on earth would you choose me? Choose somebody else. Choose somebody else. Gideon had to get over it. And then in this whole process of him 
we get the whole fleece thing where God just proved to him over and over and over again, yes, you are the one. Because see, we have to break free from the thoughts that we can't do all that God has put on our hearts to do. Folks, ministry is so much bigger than just what happens on Sunday morning or even in a small group or any of those things. Ministry is something God wants to do in and through you all week long. In fact, my job as pastor is to equip, it's one of the five-fold ministry giftings, and it's to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The ministry is supposed to be coming out of you. I'm supposed to build you up and equip you for it. The ministry is supposed to be coming out of you, but we got to break free from these thoughts that we can't do what God has placed on our hearts to do. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3. It says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All of the other junk, all the other limitations are gone. Galatians 5 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God sent Jesus so that we could be free from all of this mess. 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. When we become aware, God conscious, on, that He is on the inside of us. And I'm telling you that, that He is in us and that we are in Him. And he begins to lead us and to do something. We have to remember it's not us doing it anyways. It's him doing it through us. Then all of a sudden there ought to be this thing of confidence, not in and of ourselves, Not this thing of self-confidence that our world is trying to teach our kids. Supposedly we have the most self-confident young people on the face of the planet. And we're, they're missing the mark all over the place. Self-confidence isn't it. It isn't it. It's about being confident in our God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's what kept Paul going. He knew that if God asked him to do it, God was going to equip him to get it done. There, there just should this, this, this boldness rise up in us. Not in and of ourselves, not this cockiness that we've got it, but that our God has got it. Romans 8.37 says, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and then we have to understand that we've got to break free from the excuses i'm telling you man we are so good at having these things infiltrate uh infiltrate our lives uh, proverbs is Funny about this, the lazy man who doesn't want to get up says, oh, but there's a lion in the street. I, you know, I hear, hear there's some stuff. I, you know, just any reason to just stay in bed a little longer, any reason to procrastinate a little more, no matter how outrageous the excuse is. We can find all sorts of excuses to say no. To say, no, God, I'm not going to go in that direction. Whether it's God, I, 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 don't, I don't have the skill. God, I don't, have the, I don't have the finances. I don't have the resources. I can't go in that direction yet. I don't have the money. God wants to lead us and have us rely on him. Let's look at this. Luke 14. It says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. 
please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. My wife won't let me. I'm sorry. I'd be there, but that woman. You know, we, we do we do. We do that. We find all sorts of places to just shift the blame and shift these things. And we have to be willing to ditch the excuses, to f- try to find reasons to not do it. When God begins to move on us, we've got to begin to, to look for reasons why God is going to work. We begin to find the scriptures and build us up like this. Romans eight thirty one. What then shall we say in response to this? That ought to be our right there. God begins to move in our life. An opportunity comes up, and it ought to be, okay, what do we say to this? What do we say to this? And here's the answer. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is in this thing, then who can be against us? I'm telling you what, that was my our biggest question as God was moving on our hearts about even the existence of Celebration Church. And we just spent lots of time in prayer and fasting and just making sure we heard God. Because, like, God, if, you, if this is you, then, God, I totally trust you. God, as intimidating as, as, <clears throat> as this is, God, I can trust you. But I have to know, I have to know, I have to know that, God, this is your thing. Why? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? And then another thing we have to break free from is break free from the labels. My gosh, and these things can just come in all the time. I love, I love, there's a, a new Chevy commercial out. And it just, it just speaks to what, and I, I should have brought it and run it for you. But there's this guy comes up and he, he uh, uh, you tell he just moved in across the street. You still have the little sold sign on the, the, the property. And he's got his little Chevy pickup, you know, sitting there in the driveway. And goes up to meet the neighbor. Looked like some sort of block party happening or something. And the guy asks this, the, the basic question. So what do you do? And we understand that we're supposed to give a one-word answer. Okay? You know, somebody asks me, so what do you do? I'm a pastor. You know, so what do you do, Joey? Well, I save people. I'm a hero for a living. And so, you know, you know so he's a firefighter. And... Uh, Anyways, you know, and so people are looking for these, um, you know, these one-word answers. And so you see this guy just get stuck. He's just like, Bing! these guy's asking me for what I do. And he's running through, and you see him, of course, with a Chevy pickup, you know. And he's, you know, doing his construction stuff with his construction business. He's going camping. He's doing all these different You see all of these aspects of his life. And now, this, of course, the Chevy pickup fits into all of it. And he he never gives an answer, and he's just sitting there. And, of course, it says, you know, Chevy for those who live life for a living. And, uh, you know, and ultimately, that should be us. We should be in that place that God came to, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And God wants your life to be bigger than some one-word answer. It is just, that is why there's an entire generation right now that just refuses to be defined by their jobs. They're crazy passionate about their hobbies. They're pouring energy in lots of different directions. Not always life-giving. 
but just refuse to be defined that I think it's something that God is doing in us. We have to be willing to ditch the labels. And here we see the story of, of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez. It's a good old West Texas way of saying it. Supposedly it's Yabetz or something like that. We're going to call him Jabez. Let's call him Jabez. And so, and his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. Okay? That, that, that his name comes from a rarely used uh, Jewish uh, Hebrew root word. And it ultimately comes down to meaning pain. So here, his mama bursts him in pain. She said, you're pain. And everybody, this is my boy, pain. And everybody had to know the story. It's in the Bible. It was kind of like giving. You know, why are you called pain? Well, I burst him in pain. He's pain. And so here's this guy who he goes around. He has to introduce himself. Hello, uh, I'm pain. Um, you know, it, you know, hey, what's up, pain? You, you had to be a kajillion jokes on the playground. You know, they just had to be tough. For, for Mr. Payne when he was growing up in elementary school and junior high. Oh, my. You know, that was just rough. And so, and, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Why? That I might not cause pain. That I wouldn't live up to my name. I've got this label on me. And I don't want to cause pain. I don't want to live up to what everybody has saddled me with. Other translations, you may look at your translation, it's made that I may not experience pain. That word actually is to be associated with pain. What is, that's why it can be translated cause pain or receive pain. It's because it really means to be associated with pain. What, what else is a name other than that's what you associate? He was just tired of it. And look what happens. Right in this little genealogy thing, right in this little thing, we find this little nugget story. <clears throat> and it says, and so God granted what he requested. God understood. He didn't want to be un under that. He didn't want to be that way i'm telling you if, if labels can be thrown on you so easy and people they, they mean well i mean just recently we had uh colin or our little one you know she's in the stroller uh brooklyn my 14 year old you know taller than her mama you know is pushing the stroller going through walmart okay and then she had to you know colin had a little you know baby mess and and uh you know as perfect as she is she's still got to change the diapers and uh, so Brooklyn ends up taking her into the women's bathroom. And there are some people in there. And so here's just Brooklyn with a stroller, with a little infant. And man, sure enough, there's some people in there, you know, sitting there, chee, 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 looking, pointing, you know, giving her the old stink eye, you know. <laughs> She's telling me, you know, 14-year-old pregnant mom. And, uh, you know, she just wanted to scream out, Hello, I'm the big sister! This is not my child. But she immediately began to feel the pressure and the weight that people, when they're disapproving stares and their disapproving look, can begin to, to place 
on people. And just as labels begin to squish and define and limit, and it's just, we've got to ditch those things. And God doesn't want us living under that mess. So how do we deal with this? We're going to close it up. We're going to wrap the sucker up quick. Allow God's word to encourage you. Ephesians 5 says, washed by the cleansing of God's word. That's why we have to put this in us. This is a little, little reset button. Oh, yeah, God, this is what you say about me. I keep having these memories of what my mama said about me, but this is what you say about me. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. This is what my boss says about me, but this is what you say about me. We also need to talk to God about our struggles. Hebrews 4 tells us, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us when? In our time of need. When we don't got it. When, it's, when, we're, when it feels like it's slipping through our fingers and we're just like it's, the wheels are coming off. A lot of times that's the time we feel like we don't want to talk to God. You know, sometimes we want to check in and go, God, I did this. Woo! I prayed to you earlier. I read my Bible. I was nice to this mean person. You know, I'm going to pray right now because I feel good. And sometimes when things are just the wheels are coming off, we're just like, let me, let me get some good stuff to talk about and then I'll come talk to him. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're, that's specifically, that's why Jesus broke all that mess off of us so that in our deepest place of despair, in our deepest place of need, we have direct access. We don't got to jump through hoops. We got direct access. And then we have to share our dreams with someone who will stand with you. Man, this is why we so need the body of Christ. We so need it. Proverbs tells us a friend loves at all time, but there is, <clears throat> he is there to help when trouble comes. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel or heart-given counsel. Proverbs 27 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The most foolish thing for you to do when you are in a place of struggling is to disconnect yourself from others. God puts people in your life. You say, well, I can't find anybody that's perfect to just help me through this. Well, you're not going to. Don't you dare try to, like, find Mr. I got it all together to try to get, let God speak through. You're not going to find them. So, God, you know, all, my, all these people, are, they're, you know, they're, they've got their own issues. Why not dump them on them? Because there's this beautiful thing, this beautiful thing that we see where it says when we confess our faults and our dealings with one another, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It is this beautiful thing. We need to share it. And then the truth is, we have to have this alive on the inside of this. We can't let these limits. We have to lose them, ditch them, abandon them at all costs. Why? Because you have a ministry. God wants to show himself strong through you. And don't you dare limit where he can do it. Don't you dare do it. God wants to show himself strong through you. Don't say, God, well, you can do this because I'm kind of good at that. And you can do this because, you know, I'm, I'm all right with this. But don't, God, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Don't you dare limit it. You let him lead you. And maybe it is in a place of strength. But maybe it's not. Let's bust off these limits. Let's ditch that baggage of the I can't. Let's, let, let's say, God, I'm going to give you all of me, the, the stuff I, uh, I love and the stuff I'm embarrassed of. And God, you just take it and you do what you want to with it. 
Because you know what? That place of deepest pain we talked about last week, the beautiful thing is, is God can take that and turn it into your greatest platform for ministry. He can. Something you were so embarrassed of, you were so humiliated by, you so wanted to shut up and keep away from everybody. When you let God's restorative work come in there, he can make it where he just takes that and he just cracks the devil's teeth with it. Ah, I love what God does in our lives and hearts, but we have to do our part and say, I'm, I'm done with it. God, use me however you want. Because see, when God asks us to let something go, he is simply working to get us to live in the freedom that Jesus has made available for us. We're going to live free. We're going to travel light. We're going to allow him to move in and through us however he wants. We're going to let him do the growing. And we're just going to say, yeah, I'm going to move forward. I'm telling you, this isn't heavy or weighty stuff. His burden is easy. I mean, his yoke is easy. His burden is light, folks. We just got to stay with it. We just got to let him do it. And the way we begin in that is we say, you know what? I'm going to, I have to be connected with him. You have to have that new life that God alone gives. And so let's just make sure that everybody's there, that everybody's at that spot. 